Hey guys, Brendan here from What Were They Thinking. Just before we start the show today, I just want to talk a little bit about a campaign we'll be participating in during the months of January and February coming up real soon here. And it's called Two Pods a Day. And basically what Two Pods a Day is, it's, it's a way to introduce podcast listeners like yourselves to two independent podcasts every day for the months of January and February. Basically, the intention of this campaign is to give visibility to some of the great indie podcasts out there that you probably haven't even heard of. You can find more shows like What Were They Thinking by following Two Pods a Day on Twitter and Facebook. Two Pods a Day encourages you to listen more, listen indie. And now, on to the show. Silent night, deadly night. Folks who made it are not right. An experience not to be missed. If you watch it, you'll end up on a list. Only in theaters for one week. Took the first one and made a few tweaks. 50% fresh footage, so it is still new. Worse than the first one, and that really blew. One memorable scene that almost saved the day. Yeah, we're talking about... Garbage Day! You know when I pick a movie, that's when I'm... Welcome everybody to another edition of What Were They Thinking? My name is Brendan. I'm Nathan. And we have a special guest with us here this uh, this week. We have Jessica Cameron, scream, scream queen and actress. And welcome. Thanks you so much for having me. No, not a problem. And I just want to say right off the bat, um, you appeared in the remake of the original movie, I believe. Silent Night, Night. Stephen C. Miller's adaptation. So I thought it'd be very appropriate to have you here for the sequel to the original Kind of. <laughs> Would have been uh, more appropriate if we'd done the remake, right? I suppose. Uh, uh, but yeah, I guess this it's, is the it's fifty percent a sequel. It is a uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night two, made up mostly of footage from Silent Night, Deadly Night Part one. Right, like the first opening forty minutes is just the first film. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh. I really want to meet the filmmaker. Don't you? <laughs> Like I just what what's going on in your mind where you think that that's okay? Were you so what you're you saying? Do you want to meet them so you can say what were you thinking? Yeah, I just I just want to hear from their perspective. Like, why did you think that was a good idea? <laughs> well, um, I did look up a little bit of background on this movie because it's uh, kind of interesting the way this whole thing got set up. Um, apparently, the original plan for this movie was. Um, to recut the first movie. That's it. Like, the entire first film, with no new footage, it was just going to be the original recut and branded as a sequel. 
Okay. So what I read, I read that they were only given, that they were given such a small amount of money and they were told that they could shoot for 10 days. Yeah. Basically, the people are like, well, we can't make a real, a whole movie in 10 days. And that's why they decided to use so much footage for the first one. Yeah, I think I think even before that, like the first pitch was that we we're gonna we're just gonna take the old footage, and I, then I think that came after that. That was like, yeah, you have ten days, give us a movie. <laughs> so it's it's the Gamera super monster of holiday slasher movies. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, very small budget. Um, on the uh, on the DVD commentary, that's when that's when the director and the one of the writers, I think. Talked, talked about, about uh, uh, re-editing, re-editing the, the, the original idea of re-editing the first film and passing it on as a new movie um, because the the, the person the producer who gave it to them said we don't have a budget for an entire new story. I think the word you're looking for is foisting. Foisting it off on us as a new movie. As a new movie. Blessing us, I think. No, foisting. God bless the eighties. Never do that now with the internet. Um. So, so apparently Eric Freeman, the the lead actor, which we'll definitely talk about a lot in this episode, uh, who plays Ricky, uh, supposed to be the younger brother of Billy from the from the first movie, the original Killer. Uh, Eric Freeman basically disappeared off the face of the earth after this movie came out. I'm kind of determined to find him. He has to be somewhere. <laughs> well, here's the thing: he did recently poke up, and apparently he's written his own version of this script, and. Oh, <laughs> and apparently was shopping it around Hollywood for quite some time. I don't know if he still is, but I know that was a thing uh, recently. Well, the remake was done. And based off of his acting credentials? <laughs> like, what makes you... Like, I get everyone thinks they're an actor, but when the hell did everyone start thinking they're a writer? <laughs> if you saw my performance in Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, I think you would agree I would make one hell of a writer. If I could answer your question seriously, Jessica, I would just say The Room. That's when that is one that is where everybody thought they were a writer and an actor. No, but you're, you're no, but there is only one Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> I'm sorry. I could use a couple dozen more. I think he's amazing. He's like one of my favorite people in the entire world. And let's just be clear: his acting blows Eric Freeman's out of the water. Like he, I, I just can't. I, I just want to. I just want everybody should have to have a Tommy in their life. Well, you know what? I can't argue that or point on you because really, um, well, Ricky wasn't doing most of the acting in this movie. It was predominantly his eyebrows that were doing the acting for him. (laughs) Right. I love that they cast. I I looked him up a little bit. uh, Not to find that he had resurfaced, unfortunately. Um, But I wanted to see where he came from because I was like, I didn't get an acting vibe. And if you haven't seen the film, although I'm assuming you have if you're listening to this podcast, or at least you knew of it. He's oddly like muscular and good looking for like a serial killer who's lived in an orphanage, you know. And so it turns out he was a trainer uh, who had never acted before. Shocking. Yeah, we're in a Seagal type situation. <laughs> uh, that is, a, yeah, that is a very surprising that he had never acted before because he certainly had the chops in this one. Ugh. <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's just. Oh yeah, that's another thing too. I didn't even notice that, but yeah, he is in pretty good shape for someone who's just he's been a, in an orphanage. He's in really good shape. He he doesn't have the superhuman strength he would need to do the things that he does in the film. Right. But he's in good shape. Well, let's dive right into this thing um, because it starts off. I gotta say the even from the opening credits, the opening credits are very long. It feels like the entire movie is just padding time. 
Um, they they cut to his <laughs> there's a cut to his feet, pan up, cut to a, a nurse. Uh, they're set up, they're setting up their recording equipment because the, basically the the entire first uh, forty to fifty minutes of the movie is somebody interviewing him at this uh, at some kind of facility. I think it, I'm guessing it's like a crim- for the criminally insane. And I, it, by the looks of it, or by the sounds of it, anyways, it was more like a a Bellevue type situation where he hasn't been found guilty or criminally insane. I guess. Um, but they're trying to find out why he did the things he did so they could, you know, prosecute him. Yeah. Which yeah. also just doesn't make any sense, because you know he's a killer, but you're not going to have him handcuffed or restrained in any way. You can have him in a room with one slight older male doctor. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, here's a lighter. Uh, Want to light some fires and your cigarette? <laughs> like, there's, I get it. You haven't been convicted in a court of law necessarily, but you did see him kill some people, so there, there's that. There were witnesses, yes. And he is admitting it to you, too. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> At what point do you think that you might need some backup? <laughs> like, can you, yeah, imagine, like, a, a, a person they think is very likely that they have committed some kind of murder. And, uh, yeah, can I have this uh, lighter? Yeah, and actually, you can keep it and bring it with you wherever you want, because it was clearly his. He didn't ask for a light. He just had it nope, on him. He was him. just having a festive prison smoke with his, uh, his old trusty pal Zippo. Back in the 80s when cigarette lighters were just for lighting cigarettes. <laughs> so right off the bat, um, I, I guess his first line is, uh, fuck off, Doc. <laughs> Cinematic brilliance right there. Yeah. Um, this doctor is interviewing him. I mean, I don't know how much you want to go into here because this is basically just, uh, we, we recap the first film. Um... Well, let's, let's talk about the interesting POV. So this brother is recollecting, uh, first of all, uh, his parents' death, right, which happened when he was uh, maybe one, like still a baby in a baby Yes, he's still in so, But his somehow he miraculously remembers this. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, there's there's a line where he where he says, "Billy told me everything," and it's like, "Billy told you all that? What a dick!" <laughs> I concur. Well, but then it switches to like the stuff from the first film, which also. I don't know if you remember the first film, but guess what, Ricky? You were nowhere around. <laughs> like... Right, and even if Billy... Like, okay, the, the random murders they show from the first movie, even if Billy had so-called... Uh, like, told him about that, there would have been no time for him to tell him because shortly after that, Billy is gunned down. So how does Ricky know right. about any of that? He's psychic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing if that was the twist. Right. I almost wanted them to do something like that. I kept on waiting. I'm like, okay, they're going to reveal that he, like, ingested his soul or something like that, right? Because it's very clearly Ricky talking from Billy's POV. That's just what it is. We're getting into a real Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5 type situation here. We're going a little off the rails. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, like, I, I, I love... I mean, it shows all the favorites from the first movie. I love Billy knocking out Santa Claus when he's a kid. Oh, down goes Santa. Down goes Santa. Down goes Santa. Just holy fields him. It's great. It's amazing. And <laughs> and the magnificent eyebrow acting, as you pointed out, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed some of this shrinks uh, questions are strange. Like, just the way he says... I think at one point he says to him... Uh, were you, was Billy being naughty? Just <laughs> like a weird way to phrase some of the things he said. Right when you're thinking like you're talking to a, a, a mass killer, <laughs> he's a grown up. 
I have, I have a question. I have a question I want to put out there for everyone. Um, was he killed? Now, scratch the footage. We're we're uh, we're out of the footage of the first movie here, so we're into, we're into the core of the movie, which, by the way, starts at minute forty. Um, <laughs> was he killing certain people because they were bullies or aggressive, or was he killing them because he saw the color red? Because they never really decided on that. They never really decided. I think he was supposed to be killing people after seeing Red trigger him. And I thought he kind of, like, legit didn't quite pass the the insanity place until he killed the one love of his life. Yeah. That was my take. Because uh, that's the, like, he started, if you haven't seen, you know, he'd, he'd get triggered by this person doing a bad thing, but then also kill the victim. <laughs> which is kind of counterproductive. And I actually have a, a, a note, the PTSD with Santa, because uh, he his brother was dressed as Santa, was killed in front of him, or at least as we're led to believe, um, and the uh, the lovely janitor, Sulash, I believe was a minister in the first movie, but they say he's a janitor in this one, who was deaf and was shot to death in front of him as well, so anytime old Santa gets, uh, gets in on the action, Ricky goes a little off the rocker. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be the color red. There was like that one quick moment where the therapist is writing down red on a paper. I think, mm-hmm. Yes, that's the uh, the moment when the shrink makes a note. Aha, red car. I almost feel like they added that in afterwards because they're like, fuck, we have no motivation. Quick, get an insert. <laughs> you need a hand and a pad of paper. <laughs> then we get Billy's, Ricky's face real close. Red car, good note, doc. <laughs> And I'm kind of on board for that because I'm like, you you listen to that tw- that 15 minute story and all you wrote down was red car. <laughs> but okay, so oh boy, um, my I think my take on this whole thing is that it, <laughs> this movie posits a world where all the all the villainous or at least like bad people in the world have something red because almost all the people he kills, I don't want to say it's justified, but some of them are some pretty awful people. Yeah, and it's almost coming across to say he did it because he saw red, which they're not really using that in the right term, the yeah. way you're it, psychologically, anyways. But and yeah. also like real yeah. dangerous territory there for a Christmas movie. Like, but <laughs> then like maybe that's also an excuse as to why they half-assed on all the set deck and wardrobe because <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but there's like nothing really Christmassy about anything other than the fact that there's an occasional Santa. <laughs> yeah, and there is like like I would. I have a note several times. This is not even taking place at Christmas time. My first note was kind of jokey, where I was like, "Ah, beautiful midsummer Christmas," and then you realized, "Oh, come on now!" I saw the the amount of people who were involved in this film. Somebody had to have had a Christmas decoration <laughs> amongst them. Okay, we're putting in a call. Just bring in your your Christmas decorations from home. Yeah, get them out of the U-Haul storage. Yeah, so <laughs> let's talk about... So the first thing, the first new thing, I guess, that happens is we find out that Ricky gets adopted by these new parents, who, by the way, the they're supposed to be uh, Jewish parents so that there will mm-hmm. be no Santa Claus anywhere or anything to trigger him. Now, they give them the most, like, stereotypical Jewish name. I think the guy's name is Morty Rosenberg. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so, and um, And then after that... So that the they the, the stepdad dies and then he just goes off walking into the woods or walking out into the field. Well no. We get psyched out. Before that happens, we get psyched out by the nuns in black. Oh, yes. 
Yes. Right. So you're thinking that, okay, he's going to be more obsessive towards nuns than Santa Claus, but that's the last time you hear about it until we get to the end of the movie. It Honestly, it, it was... <laughs> In any other movie, too, there's a shot. So there's a shot when he's a kid, like you were explaining, the nuns in black. He's standing there with his mom, and these two nuns come out, and this just, like, malevolent, like, haunting music plays. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they walk into a store, and then the best part is that that's not the end. They then walk out, <laughs> keep going, and then walk into another store. And it's like, I feel like in another movie, maybe that makes sense, and it works better, but... <laughs> It's just so out of place. Yeah. I think it was perfect yeah. in this movie, personally. I love the fact that it's so random. It's just like, and to the evil nuns. Right. Just enjoying their day. It's a prequel to The Conjuring. And also, why are nuns shopping? Aren't they against material things? <laughs> the uh, These are the nuns. It's a habit. Oh. <laughs> oh Boom. Yes, I did. I clearly did. You heard it. I also love how Ricky just randomly uh, hates people that are not really connected to anything. Like you, you mentioned the guy, the guy from the first one that was they they call a janitor in this movie, but he wasn't. Um, when he says like, "I didn't care that he died," <laughs> just as just as an unnecessary addition to that. I know, like his 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 uh, wording and afflection on or inflection on the words is quite fantastic. <laughs> so like passionately dispa- he's so passionate about saying what are obviously lines on a page in a very unnatural place <laughs> well I will say that according to Eric Freeman he did an interview about a year ago and he said that he gave it a try he tried to do it a little more laid back and apparently the director was really giving it to him like no I want you to go way bigger way bigger on every table well, I have no doubt that this whole film is the result of I think what is it Harvey Lee uh yeah, Lee I think Lee something, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I he's so I think there's a reason why he went on to direct one other film and now is editing trailers. What was his other film? Um, I forget, but if you Google it it'll come up. <laughs> I'm Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Three. <laughs> Comprised mostly of footage from part two. I think you you'll know it if when it comes up. I don't have my computer in front of me, but you should check it out. It's pretty entertaining. I uh Sure, if he has the same foot fetish things, I don't know if you noticed, but in this movie, most of the characters are introduced with shots of their feet first. That's true, actually. <laughs> I did not notice that. If you're watching this, like, as a filmmaker, like, I, nobody on this immediate crew knows anything about filmmaking, like, 101. There's, well, like, all but... kinds of just, like, I'm like, the angles are wrong, you're crossing your ass, <laughs> that shot doesn't make any sense, that shot doesn't work, you can't do that shot, because you show this other shot. <laughs> well, then I want to know, um, do you think this is where Quentin Tarantino drew his inspiration? <laughs> For what? <laughs> For his foot fetish. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought that was Quentin has very different heartfelt footage, foot fetish, and he likes bare feet. This guy was just like, "I'm gonna." I think he's just trying to be. I don't even know. I I don't know. Like again, I I don't know. We have to ask him. I thought that was Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon that did the the foot fetish stuff with with the foot fetish. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I know Tarantino does. Tarantino likes some. Well, there you go. Like naked feet. (laughs) By the way, um, I found foot porn. Director Lee Harry's other film is called Street Soldiers. Yes. And it looks tremendous. 
So anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so he's walking out. He's walking out into the field, and he spots uh, a couple. Uh, the guy is trying to do so. You know, he's trying to get down, and uh, he's pretty aggressive. And he, I, he's straight up. Let's just say it, he's straight up attempting to rape her, and she slaps him away, and then. <laughs> <laughs> he walks away, and um, Ricky straight up runs him over with a car because it's a red car, I think. And um, yes, that makes sense to me. I feel like that's pretty true to life. <laughs> the thing is, though, I love how so the girl walks up and sees that Ricky has run run this guy over, and I understand this guy was not a good person by any stretch, but her reaction is just, oh, thanks. Yep. It's this crazy I man. Even have, that's an odd reaction. <laughs> this crazy man. She's also odd that like none of the women wear bras in this film. <laughs> that's not at odd at all. It's a... Nothing wrong with that. It, it always like, it's like they're like suddenly like they kiss and then the guy rips open her shirt. There's no bra. It's just naked breasts everywhere. I'm like, this is so I'm 80s. Gonna, I'm going right. to also guess that they didn't have enough time. Uh, they didn't have enough footage to show them ripping off the shirt and the bra. So they had to cut that out. Possibly. They could have just been doing it to save money on wardrobe as well. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the first, like, big-time murder. And then the greatest thing is he just kind of looks at the girl after she thanks him, and he just, just kind of slowly starts walking away. And, like, no, no, no big deal is made of it. She's not, like, calling the cops, like, hey, there's this crazy guy who just ran over someone in front of me. Uh, maybe you want to get down here. No, nothing. But there's a cop that shows up later, and I'm not sure how not, I'm not sure how that happens. I mean, like the magic of everything else in this movie, it just sort of does. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's like, and he's like a Barney Fife cop too. He's like Don Knotts just shows up out of nowhere, right? Or like out of nowhere, <laughs> and also like obviously hasn't heard of Police 101. Even I know you don't like put the gun in front of the the perpetrator's face. You're just asking for problems, right? Far too close. He could have easily taken that from him. Yeah. And also, like, have you looked in the mirror, buddy? This guy definitely could take you. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like, it's just one of those people where you're like, yeah, you're not going to shoot him. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope, this is going to end poorly for you. Um, The next big set piece I want to talk about, this is probably the gr- maybe the greatest mo- movie set in, uh, in film history is the movie theater. <laughs> oh, my God, right? Oh. And I love the fact like- that we've seen so much from the first film, and then they're indeed watching their... Silent Night. That okay. So in this movie, does that movie exist? And also, it happened. It apparently yes. Both of those are true. <laughs> so are we in like a, a a scream? Was it was it Scream Three type situation where they made a movie about the events? I think so. Okay. It's never discussed. So we'll just say yes. I I love how <laughs> she says uh, when he's what's what's this movie about? And she said it's about a killer Santa Claus, and his reaction is what? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and also, like, here's the thing: the people that had you at the orphanage knew to like put you with a Jewish family because you don't want to be around Santa Claus. But the woman that you've been dating, who's apparently, like, this big important thing in your life, hasn't clued into that fact yet. Or you haven't told her about it? I mean... <laughs> right, and also there's, like, nothing else Christmassy in the movie, but you're gonna go see a Christmas film. About a slasher Santa. Maybe read the title of the movie before you go to the theater? <laughs> Just The brightest theater ever, by the way. Yeah, with the most... The lights never go down in this thing. The most obnoxious person in the back. Like... If that happened in real life, well, I'm sure it has. But if it happened in real life nowadays, I'm pretty sure that person would be gang- would be attacked. 
How would you handle it, Brendan? I would kick them out. I would have left when the lights didn't go down because I wouldn't be able to enjoy the movie anyways. <laughs> yeah. It's a fair point. Oh, you mean if you were Ricky, are you saying? If I was anybody in that theater, it would not have lasted past the previous. <laughs> so I would have been like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, you're clearly not in the theater. You would... You're clearly in a little room somewhere. It would have went out and, and found the, the knuckle-dragging cretin that works at the theater and say, hey, what's up with these lights? <laughs> I work at a theater. Nathan likes to uh, <laughs> likes to do that every now and then. <laughs> so um, there do well. Yeah, that's me. Um, also, the the amazing scene that we get to introduce to Chip, who's like one of the. To, he reminded. I just have a note. Yuck. Yeah, he reminded me of like a of like young C. Thomas Howell. He looked like a like a third like an eighth rate pony boy or something like. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Looked like part alien. He was very weird. Like very and also like, again he did one of that things where he just suddenly pops up and quickly <laughs> behind her and I'm like, You're right, that's not creepy. That was the oddest thing. It was almost like, I, I it was like something a Muppet would do so you couldn't see who was operating underneath. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, I'm like, okay, so there's your lack of budget. They're like, crap, we can't film him entering. Just he'll just pop up. It's fine. It would have been great if they ran out of money so that he actually was a Muppet. They had to use a puppet for that scene. <laughs> hey, they're more expensive than actors. Oh, okay. yeah, I was about to say, yep. <laughs> okay, well there you go. Yeah, whenever you see a puppet, you, like they have more money than they do if they have an actor. And as far as that acting ability, I'd be shocked. I mean, I'm talking about like a like a sock puppet though, not like a not like a good one. <laughs> I've seen the the acting in this film, darling. I still think the sock pocket might have. <laughs> That's fair. That's a fair point. Yep. Um. Actually, you know, we kind of skipped over it because I I do want to talk about how the, Ricky and uh, I guess her name is Jennifer. So he's talking about this girl that he uh, that he loves and he fell in love with, and her name is Jennifer. And let's talk about. Can we talk about their meat cute? Because <laughs> she runs him over with her car. Oh. But like. <laughs> Isn't that how all true love stories start? <laughs> the very best ones start like that. His reaction, too, is that he kind of pauses and then falls over, like, uh, 30 seconds after. <laughs> and then there's a stare down, and then, boom, they're in love. Right? Look, Mom, I do all my own stunts. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh, yeah, there's definitely, definitely no budget for stunt people in this movie. <laughs> no, so she definitely was hired for her looks. Yeah, yeah. Like, if Eric is bad, she's worse. <laughs> she doesn't really, yeah, she doesn't say a whole lot, but in that scene with her and Chip, it's uh, it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. It's real bad. There's a reason why. I think she's also disappeared, right? Unless you're going to tell me she's popped up, too. Let me guess. Is she selling, like, a remake of the original? <laughs> I hope so. I hope it's, like, a spinoff or, like, a prequel of how she came to meet Ricky. You know, given that they did a, a remake of the original starring you, Jessica, I mean, I'm just saying, they could they could do this. They could make it happen. They could make it happen. I mean, you would show up as archival footage because, you know, they got to pad out that first 45 minutes of the movie. But <laughs> <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> got to get them residuals. One day. <laughs> One day. Is that the, that's the ultimate goal, right? Oh, absolutely. Excellent. Um, I also like so she's having this conversation uh, with her ex-boyfriend Chip 
um, who also the one that popped up in the theater. The one that pops up in the theater like a like a Muppet. And, um, yeah, and now he looks like an Aryan Danny Zuko. <laughs> I, also, I mean, really, he's got a, he's got a high school letter shirt on for some reason. <laughs> I also like how his his other, his actual girlfriend shows up. Um, Jennifer refers to uh, makes some sort of joke about her being like a prostitute, and then we find out that his girlfriend's name is Roxanne. Oh, that but she's not wearing the red dress because she didn't have to put it on that night. That's right. Because that would trigger him. Oh, <laughs> oh that is, man, that's a missed opportunity. Weird. Yes. So, like, heaven forbid, somebody thinks somebody's dressing up for the holiday season, right? <laughs> <laughs> Your girlfriend is dressing up. God, what a prostitute. Can we talk about like, the classic 80s name too, like Ricky, Billy, Jennifer, Roxanne? A lot of thought was clearly put into these names. They're like, clearly like all the stereotypes. We're going to take a pretty girl next door. Her name has to be Jennifer. She's going to have a douchey ex-boyfriend with like a ridiculously perfectly styled hair. His name's Chip. <laughs> it's like they went out to the valley, hung out at like a coffee shop and just listened for names. <laughs> so you think they did that much research? Well, you got to get coffee. <laughs> I don't think they're. I don't think coffee shops were a thing in the valley in the eighties, were they? Sushi bars then. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but then that, that that explains why they had no money left for the film. <laughs> they spent it on sushi. <laughs> Kept going in for sushi. Yeah. But uh, going back to an original idea, uh, one of you guys brought up earlier. I would have loved to see this. I know this franchise continues, but I would have loved to see it like be. As you said, number three with uh, footage from two, four with footage from three. Just keep it going. <laughs> Just have it be like. I would Reed. be impressed if they could. It's hard to find. Like, not that they did it well, but they did. Their excuse was, "Well, he's retelling the story to the therapist." <laughs> yeah, and again, as we mentioned, he was not there for most of those scenes. Correct. <laughs> he's special. <laughs> So I, I, I like to speak about stories other people told me and pass them off as my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, I remember that. I was uh, I was uh, four months old, and uh, I remember it all in vivid detail. Yes. So maybe this movie pauses then that the first one, since he told that story and we see footage from the first one, maybe that's not even what happened. Maybe that's just Ricky's version that he made up. Or, you know, it could be Ricky has... Um, we haven't posited this um, theory that he has total recall. Absolute total recall. <laughs> Everything he's ever seen, he has remembered. Ricky and Billy could also be the same person. Right, there you go. It could be a Corsican twin type situation. There you go. Getting this solved. solved. Jessica is digging these theories. I am. <laughs> I like all of them. <laughs> Um, I also like, okay, she's having the, like, again, the argument with Chip in the theater. She says, like, you, uh, she goes through the things like, you broke my heart, you did this, and you ruined my sweater. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know any more details behind that one, but, uh. Apparently the sweater was as important as breaking your heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's, like, included in that list. Like, it must be one hell of a sweater. <laughs> Could have been a really expensive Angora one, I mean. It must have been. Yeah. I got it at the Ed Wood Museum. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, after that, of course, uh, well, Ricky... I think Ricky kills the obnoxious guy in the back. I'm not sure if he... I mean, like, I'm pretty sure he straight up murders him. No, what what happened to that couple that was sitting right in front of them, too? 
I think it's one of the points where you're just like, you know what, he had it coming. I, I really feel that that's why nothing came about it. Because everyone's like, yeah, good. Yep. Should have been done a while ago. We should go now. I'm really liking this movie now. I really want to know what that thing was. Well, like, you think it was just like a room in a warehouse? Like, a theater? It looks like just like a generic. They're like, we have a white wall. Make it a theater. Make it a theater. I like that they put in the sound tile. It looked like my junior high school, like the tiles that were in the ceiling of my junior high school. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> Gotta give them acoustics. So what's after this theater? So I have um, after this theater scene, it's when uh, D- Ricky and Jennifer are like, uh, you know, just uh, hanging out outside. He's like, oh, I'll pick you up on my bicycle tomorrow. They're having a great time, and then who should show up but Chip? Yes, this is the yeah, this is the part where he looks like the Aryan Danny Zuko, <laughs> where he's wearing the high school uh, letter sweater. Sorry, I. Yeah, like, she doesn't seem to recognize him until she's, like, basically right up on him. And I'm like, how could you not recognize him? From, Maybe. like, a motherfucking way. His hair is glowing. Have facial blindness. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But, like, everything about him, you're like, oh, that's obviously that weird-looking dude from the theater. That, <laughs> that must be another ru- <laughs> Ruined your sweater. <laughs> must be another bleach-blonde asshole that just happens to be at the same address as where Chip lives. In Utah. In Utah. <laughs> Also, that's so not in Utah. And again, he's like kind of not fixing. He's fixing a car, but is he really? Nothing really looks wrong at it. With it, and it doesn't. It's like, why would you park it there to fix? I'm guessing the car? there was a car there that didn't belong to anybody on the production, and the director said, "Hey, can you uh, just pretend like you're doing stuff to it?" Probably there. Like, this will add production yeah. value. Busy work. Everybody loves busy work. <laughs> um. Yeah. So they're walking around. Chip comes up. Get a little confrontation here. Um, he says he makes a "that's what she said" joke, kind of, <laughs> because he says uh, he says that's enough. Like uh, they they tell him they tell Chip that's enough, and Chip says that's what she said when I fucked her brains out in the back seat of Old Red here. So it's like, ew. <laughs> so he's just making like a rape joke. Yes. Cause like that—that that sounds like a rape joke. Cause he said that's enough, and that's what she said. Like that's that's twisted. It is, which is why oh, he deserved to does die. Seems super rapey. I mean, I think arguably everybody except for maybe Ricky and the doctor seems super rapey. I mean, I think Ricky definitely also seems super rapey. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, we didn't talk about there the tender love scene between Ricky and Jennifer either. True. Where they, where they kind of just hug and uh, hug naked and just kind of the closed mouth kiss. So it was it was more sensual than the scene from Thrashing. <laughs> yes, Je- uh, Jessica, have, you, have you seen Thrashing with Josh? I'm not. But apparently, okay. I need to. Highest recommendation: skateboarding movie from the '80s with Josh Brolin. And then you can listen to our podcast about it. Nice. Done. <laughs> um, yeah, so Chip gets killed. It, th- he gets electrocuted, causing his eyeballs to explode. <laughs> this is the one joke that, like, I love me an over-the-top kill, but then I can only... I, here's the thing. I can suspend <laughs> my belief and, like, the little bit I know about physics and common sense. I can suspend it for a movie, and I often do. But then there's, like, the amount that you have to suspend to like, ignore the fact that that kill's not even remotely plausible. And if it was, it would have killed the person holding him down. 
<laughs> right? But, like, yep. that's not how electrical currents work, buddy. <laughs> I also like how Jennifer is just calmly standing there watching this happen. Right? Like, she, she, doesn't, like, she doesn't have an issue with it until it's done. And you're like, <laughs> really? Wait a second, that was going to end in death? I think it would have been great if she would have thanked him like the first girl. <laughs> yes, they should have. <laughs> they should have kept that going as a running gag. Everybody thanking him. <laughs> Ricky, what have He's you done? He doesn't killer. thank him, killer. and then as a result, it causes him to go completely insane. Yeah, because he uh, he decides to kill her with a car antenna. Well, he started to envision her as Mother Superior. Yes. And that was like the last of his fragile mental state, bringing him back to reality. And it's like the, the first time the nuns have been brought up since like probably 20 or 40 minutes ago in the movie. Correct. Mm-hmm. And like, what, seven, eight, nine, ten years? Film yeah. life, yeah. <laughs> so much so that, well, actually, well, I don't want to tell, talk about this yet. We'll get Mother Superior is coming up, but... um. Yeah, so he visions her as Mother Superior, chokes her out to death with an antenna, and then he just starts killing random folk. Um, he, yeah, uh, what do you do when you're stuck in suburbia? Right. And it is still not at Christmas. <laughs> no. still not Christmas. He kills that guy coming out of his house, and is the best... That's I think, aside from the iconic scene here coming up, um, the random kill with the guy stepping out of his house is my favorite, just because right after Ricky just goes, Motherfucker. Fucker. <laughs> As if that guy, like, killed his dog or something. Right? Hey, maybe he did. You know what? It could have been footage they planned to shoot and didn't get to do it. <laughs> they just had to put in old shots from the first movie <laughs> to pad out the... Yeah. I would actually really like to see a version of this movie that's 90 minutes of just, like, real footage. Like, new footage with the same story, though. I think that movie would be tremendous. Keep reaching for the stars. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shop that script around just like Eric Freeman and uh, hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Tell his eyebrows. I said, "How's it going?" Oh, did I mention? I didn't mention this though. When I said Eric Freeman was shopping around the script, um, he is apparently doing it as a alternate alternate personality. I don't remember the name he used, but he's going around as a screenwriter with a different name. Pretending that he doesn't like that he's not Eric Freeman. Oh my God. So what you're saying is he's completely mentally stable. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And oh. definitely someone you want to work with and invest millions of dollars with. For sure, he's a surefire bet. <laughs> oh. And he's oh. not standing alone on his acting credentials. No way. I know, right? Like you think he could just hand in his resume and that would be the that would be the end of it. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa! We have Ricky here. Stop the presses, or get my get the coast on the line. The other coast. We're making a movie. Ricky's here. <laughs> yeah, uh, his title, I believe, was uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, Ricky's Vengeance. <laughs> I mean, I would like to see that. Oh, trust me, I would watch it. <laughs> I don't know if I'd invest. Can we get Harvey Lee to direct. <laughs> I think I'd be forced to watch it probably. If, thanks to Brendan. <laughs> that's true. That would probably happen. Um if that if the director of this movie is still alive, uh I would I would love that. <laughs> so poor Jennifer dies because she couldn't keep her mouth shut. 
That's right. And then we had the scene where she talked about earlier with the Barney Fife cop getting shot in the head. Um, and obviously, the... like the iconic garbage day. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's like it's like the scene that everybody, even the folks who haven't seen this movie, know that scene from this movie. <laughs> right, because it's December. I was tagged like three times in it today on social media, <laughs> just because it's the holidays and that's what happens. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Exactly. So if, hmm. if for some reason you don't know what that scene is, uh, just look up, just go to YouTube and search Garbage Day. You'll find it. Enjoy. It's funny because we talked about this uh, earlier this week that Brendan himself, uh, and he's saying that he wants to shop around his version of this movie because none of it takes place at Christmas time. He wanted to do it at Thanksgiving time so that uh, when he shot the guy, he didn't yell Garbage Day. He yelled, Gobble Day! <laughs> Because it's turkey at Christmas or Thanksgiving time. Oh my God! Yes, this is you guys. This is history. This is the first pitch. We're making it happen. Making it happen. The filmmaker for Thanksgiving is watching this. You should steal that idea. (laughs) Yes, please. Um, yeah. So, killing random folk, garbage day. Um, then the the, one of the better ones too, though, is there's a car coming towards him. (laughs) Shoots the driver. The car spins out of control and inexplicably explodes. Yep. I'm just flipping over. I'm just <laughs> flipping over. Again, one of the things where I'm like, I don't know if you understand how cars work. <laughs> that's, not, the- that's not going to happen. And also, why did you blow your entire budget on that car? <laughs> like- <laughs> and I got to think, due to the low budget, I bet you, I feel so worried for that actor when he's just standing there and the car goes right around him. I'm like that's. I don't think that's stunt work. I think he's like, well, we'll take our chance. We'll take our chances. I, we may have watched a snuff film. I'm not. I don't know if you guys are. Aware of that. Yeah. Are we sure all yeah. these actors are still alive? We are definitely not sure of that. Okay. Okay. Jennifer, get at us. Many of them have never been seen again. Well, I mean, Eric Freeman, right? So until recently, we thought he was dead. But at, at this point, Ricky is such a happy fellow at this point because he's just laughing oh, and laughing wow. and laughing. His laughing killed me. Every time he was like, nonstop, just giggling it up. I think it's really important that you love what you do, guys. Like, just to take it as a real place. If you don't love what you do on a daily basis, why do it? Exactly. Yep. He's clearly loving. He's living his best life in these moments. He's loving life. He's having a grand old time. Um, so, so, so at this point, he gets surrounded by police, and they're they're ready to like you know open fire if he shoots at them. Then he points the gun to himself, and they're all, "No, don't do it. It's not worth it. Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool." That's an ex- that's an exact quote. At least one of the cops takes the gun away from pointing at him. I was like, why are you doing that? He still has a weapon. Like, <laughs> right? I, I honestly thought at that point he was just going to do that to fake them out and then shoot at them. Yep, same here. Yeah. So, I mean, he tries to kill himself. He's out of bullets. And then we go back to the uh, to the uh, some asylum thing. <laughs> and, it, by the way, we're maybe an hour maybe a little bit over an hour we haven't left the asylum really no still him talking to the doctor who is now dead yeah how did he kill him him. the film tape it was off camera though because that would have made for an entertaining scene yeah i don't know i really think Mm. Mm. so upset 
I'm gonna raise my hand and say budget. <laughs> I see. There's the thing. I I haven't heard anything about any uh, budget problems on this particular movie, but maybe. I'm saying just like a lack of money. Lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. Have the money to show that kill. I would like to know what the budget is. At the same time as we discuss this, I'm actually gonna look this up because I, I really want to know what the number is. Um. Okay, so at this point, yes, he kills the doctor, uh, strangulation, and then just walks out of the place. <laughs> Because it's not heavily guarded at all. No, well, no, no, they don't care. They're just—he's just—he's just chilling. Look, he's innocent until proven guilty. Okay, guys, let's just lay back on it. All right. <laughs> well, they did give him a lighter, so they weren't too concerned. I don't think they're too heavily uh, secure. Yeah. Um, he walks out, and now it's his ultimate goal: is to murder Mother Superior. It, it's still a balmy Utah Christmas out there, it, too. Oh, yeah, it's real It's real nice out. It's really not Christmas. It's a balmy Utah day. Okay. <laughs> Guys, I just I just found out the budget for this movie, and it it's low, but it seems high. <laughs> well, you <laughs> understand 80s, right? Like, they still had to shoot on film. That yeah. still had to have, like, proper crew. Like, so keep in mind, it took 300000 to do what you could do today in 10000 Well, it, the budget for this movie... Now, this is in $1987, too. Uh, 250 grand, and in the box office, it made 154 grand. <laughs> what? <laughs> this thing made 100 grand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. People that were really upset with their movie selection that day. <laughs> You're right, this is garbage day. I can't believe we paid theater money for this. I gotta ask, too, like... Garbage day. Silent Night, Deadly Night Two, Garbage Day. That would have made more sense. Well, if they were, or you know what? As Canadians, Silent Night, Deadly Night Two, Boxing Day. There you go. Perfect. That works. There you go. Um, No, I can see like so again. I think uh, in the eighties, two hundred fifty thousand got you next to nothing. They essentially got you a camera, some lights, about ten days. Well, no, like you said, it, it would take. 300, you said 300000 to do what you could do with ten now, so, you know, this isn't even a $10,000 movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, really, let's just say this movie was made for $10,000. <laughs> right? I mean, I could do everything for a significantly less than that that they did with the exception of the car explosion. Yeah. That that must have been the, the almost the whole budget. Correct. Either that or else they had somebody's car that they were like, fuck it, we're just going to blow it up. <laughs> I never liked this car anyway. Hey, uh, uh, Dan, you uh, you needed my car for the shoot the other day. Uh, can I just get it back? I just have to get to work. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, this um, your car. Um... About that. <laughs> How much did you need it? I'll just drive you to work. It's fine. Let's go one to ten. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's out to kill Mother Superior, who, by the way, is a different actress than the first movie. Now, this normally wouldn't be that big of a deal. But they showed footage from the first movie and it, in this mm-hmm. movie, so it's, it's so it's like two different actors playing the same role within the same film. Yeah. Great. And I guess they try to dis- disguise that by giving her like some makeup. Oh, yeah, apparently she, was... she had like been burned in the time since. Well, no, that I thought it was supposed to be a stroke. Yeah, that's what they said. They said she was the victim of a stroke, but then when they cut to her, it looks like it looks like she was badly burned. Yeah, I'm like that. Maybe somebody needs to talk to those effects people, explain to them what happens when you have a stroke. Don't ignite your one half on fire. Exactly. I don't. I think they were trying to go for that saggy face thing, and they just like, went for full on Freddy Krueger. Did you notice the address? Yes. Of Mother Superior. I sure did. Six six six. 
That was her street address. I mean, I personally think that's hilarious. <laughs> it's a nice touch. I gotta tell you, it's one of the few bits of uh, detail that went into this movie that I was like, okay. That was yeah. probably like one. That was like the one good PA. Yeah. He's like, God damn, I gotta do something that makes me feel like I'm productive. <laughs> Uh, kudos on that one part of this movie. <laughs> the other 87 minutes, however. <laughs> right? We, uh, we also glossed over how, like, the cops just shoot an unarmed Santa on the back, <laughs> thinking it's him. <laughs> like, what world are you in where that would ever happen? I, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, let, let's rephrase that. A white unarmed Santa from the back <laughs> without a weapon. We're <laughs> getting political <laughs> uh, really not a threat and they're like we're just gonna shoot him <laughs> better better safe than sorry guy and also like thank god nobody in that town is celebrating christmas or they would have been shooting santas all over the place well and then they, and then the first one they also almost shot a father in his own house yes so <laughs> which they show in this movie so yeah, yeah so if you did, there's no way there's no way billy could have saw that so there's no way Billy could have told Ricky about that. So many issues with this movie. Technicalities. <laughs> Technicalities. Yeah. We're uh, I think we're good with all of that. I mean that's that's probably it's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. I, I personally like kill all Santa's fine. Uh, uh <sighs> movie magic. There we go. So he arrives to Mother Superior's house, and she's apparently long retired. Now, I'm honestly asking this because I don't know, but if a nun is retired, uh, would she still wear her whole outfit? I don't know. Do you ever retire from your service to God? Isn't that like a lifetime commitment? I think that you give up sex. Why do you want it? What are you going to do in your retirement? Like, get your fuck on. That's what you're going to do. No, I don't think you can go back. No, you that. you can't. <laughs> In all honesty, I think the whole retirement thing is that she retired from like um, active and ministerial stuff, uh, like running an orphanage and and things like that. She's still, she's but, no, she's just a part time nun now. Part time yeah. nun. Yeah. So she gets part. Coming this fall on Fox. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Yeah. That like one, that one, uh, the chase scene where she like manages to get away. I'm like, how the hell <laughs> are, is a little old lady in a freaking wheelchair escaping our very in shape killer? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Who oh my bust god! Bust down the door with the axe. Here's Santa. <laughs> Why couldn't they do that? Why couldn't they do that for me? <laughs> no, instead. Well, because life is not a perfect place. No, I know. Instead, he says, "Oh, there you are." Not, not as much, not as good of a ring to it. Yeah, no, not so much, no. I love how he gets so confused about how the axe could get caught in the seat of the wheelchair for, like, what, 20 minutes? <laughs> let's, let's talk about, so he goes in the house. First of all, Mother Superior is able to uh, prevent him from coming in by just ramming her wheelchair into the door to close it. And then, yeah, so he gets his axe stuck in her wheelchair because she just kind of rolls out and falls down the stairs. She also does her own stunts. She must. <laughs> She's a fucking nun ninja. Oh my god! Not a broken bone in sight. We're, that's that's the next movie we're pitching, Brandon. You better start copywriting these, Jessica. We're gonna, we're gonna steal ninja them. nun. <laughs> we're gonna steal them from you if you're not careful. Starring Betty White. Oh, there you go. <laughs> no, I, she would kill that role, literally. <laughs> it, you know, it's too bad she's not still alive. But I think I feel like B. Arthur would be pretty amazing in that too. Absolutely. 
Let's just cast all the Golden Girls. What the hell? Yes. Alternate characters for sport. <laughs> the Nun Ninjas, starring Rue Rue McClanahan, could be like the you know the uh, the the Southern villainous. <laughs> kind of slutty one. That's not a yep. stereotype at all. Uh, Stel Getty would be the uh, like the uh, the Shidoshi uh, or you know uh, Sensei to teach B. Arthur how to be a nun ninja. Yes. And Betty White would be the um, comedic sidekick. <laughs> She'd be like that, like that guy from American Ninja, you know, the one who had that chick, man. Uh, yeah, the guy that looked like Jason Sudeikis. Yes, that guy. Right, we're getting off topic. A little bit. But, um, well, but, uh, that's what happens when you see the ninja nun. She just distracts you. That's right. Yes. So she rolls. Wonderful, talented killer, after 20 minutes of struggling, does manage to dislodge the axe from fabric. <laughs> right. Yep. That, that's exactly that, what happens. That's the thing. That's, uh, that's what happens. He takes his time going down the stairs. You know, he's not worried like she's going to call the cops or anything like that. There's, there's never such a fear in this film. No, because all the cops are Barney Fife. True. He's like, fuck it. Every time they show up, I just get a new gun. That's right. Unfortunately, couldn't get Don Knotts to 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 be in this movie as one of the guys. Hey, 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 Andy, 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 slow down there. Oh, he would he would have cost like at least three times the budget. Correct. Um, I would. It would have been amazing, though. It would have been so amazing if Don Knotts was in the movie. Let me tell you something, Mister. Why you? <laughs> but um, yeah. So after, like you said, dislodges it from the fabric. Um, Mother Superior is like, you know, she's trying to get away. Uh, we kind of see him swing, and then we cut, and we cut back to uh again. So here's the other thing. They show the younger nun, and I think she's supposed to be the same one from the first movie too, right? Supposed to be. I have no idea. Okay, if it is, it's a totally different actress too. Absolutely. Of course it is. Sure. Why not? Oh boy. So they go to they they break into Mother Superior's home because they they realize, "Oh, if he escaped, that's probably where he's going." Also, how did number 1, how did he know where she lived and how did he know what her phone number was? And also, like, what's her name? Like, how did you find her? Because surely she's not listed in the phone book under Nun Superior. Ah, yes, here she is, Superior M. <laughs> is, your last name is first, and you're... Oh, she, she lives on 666 Main Street. That's funny. Right? Irony! <laughs> yeah, so they go in, the, the cops and uh, whoever that other nun is. They find Mother Superior, <laughs> but then her head just falls off. I thought that was funny. It was funny, but I just like I just like in horror movies like this, I always like to picture what happened just before these scenes. So like Ricky's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is gonna be hilarious! I'm gonna put her head back <laughs> on, but it'll it'll little look like she's still alive, and then boom, no blood whatsoever. Yeah, so no blood have... wouldn't get on her face or anything. Yeah, it'll just be clean. Or maybe Ricky cleaned it. That's probably what happened. <laughs> he like, you to clean all the blood off, you nun superior. So you are nice and clean. <laughs> He heated up a clothes iron and cauterized both sides of the wound so there would be no seepage. Wait, so if he did all this, are they only discovering it like 11 hours later? Yeah, and at he's least. just like standing yeah. behind eagerly waiting for the opportunity. <laughs> oh man, this is going to be hilarious. <laughs> Every time a car goes by, he's like, oh, is it them? Is it them? Oh, darn. Sugar sticks. Like the first six hours that he was like cleaning and cauterizing, he's like, please don't be you. I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not, it's not clean enough, guys. I can't get the job. Show- Gotta get it just right, just right. They show up early, uh, he- They show up early, he starts throwing his voice, like, Oh, I'm busy! Don't come in! <laughs> That's- the, the, Brendan, that is a terrible Mother Superior impression. Oh, you can do way better than I that. I mean, uh, I'm busy now, don't you dare come in my house! So there you go. As well, in Mother Superior's house, a nun who's supposed to, like, worship God, and Christmas is God, like, Jesus' birthday, right? Mm-hmm. No yes. decorations. Nothing to indicate it's Christmas. None. She doesn't even like the fact that kids are outside. <laughs> yes, she is, Brendan. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, also, if she's in a wheelchair, her house is not designed for her. No. There's a lot of stairs. <laughs> no, you're forgetting she's a ninja. Yep. I forgot about that. I apologize. Uh, that is quite a lofty staircase, though. <laughs> uh, not when you're a ninja. Hello? Well, you know what? I- she just throws a smoke bomb at the bottom of the stairs. She appears on the top of the stairs. <laughs> Movie magic. Maybe they had the other actress on the other part. <laughs> <laughs> this just needs to happen. Like all of these movies need to happen. I think. I think we, sh- Nathan, you and I should fly out to, to uh, out west. Meet with, Head out the coast, meet with yep. some executives with uh, with Jessica here, and we can make this happen. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. And it, it hopefully means... run into Eric on the way. <laughs> yeah, one can only hope and dream. Um, of course, he will go by Dale or whatever his fake name is. Whatever he's going by, yep. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if his fake name was Ricky? <laughs> 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 Ricky, it's Ricky Caldwell to you. Oh boy. Um. So yeah, Mother Superior is dead. Ricky tries to kill the other nun. However, he is shot and quote unquote killed, but not really. And then he gets up at the end, and he's still alive, and he stabs the screen. The end. I know, right? Like, I don't know how he lived. I'm so confused. Oh wait, it's a bad movie from the '80s. Never mind. <laughs> it's odd. Terrible. It's a bad horror movie from the 80s. You have to leave it open to sequel. That's right. Well, I, funny enough, this movie, uh, I think it goes up to, like, part five? Yeah. Yes. I haven't, yes. I haven't seen part five. Um, I feel like... Oh, wait, have you seen three or four? Not in a while. Okay. But they're... Now, they're unrelated to this 100%, right? No, they are, apparently. Okay. So... <clears throat> And we also, I want to go back just because we forgot to mention my, another great kill is the umbrella one. We did forget that one. That was my favorite. <laughs> my, I actually have a note that says Umbrella Corp. <laughs> yeah. He isn't it like a mobster, like shaking someone down for money? And he stabs the umbrella completely through his torso and then opens it on the other side. Yeah. So it looks like the umbrella from the Resident Evil movies, or games somehow parts of the umbrella got like ripped off i don't know so I mean, it was a crash umbrella it's not like it was even his umbrella and also like how big that umbrella was his arm wouldn't go back farther enough to impale him <laughs> right like he was I'm just really saying, close it's a logistical ball. nightmare it's not a feasible kill <laughs> the only kills if there was one thing we could fix in this movie that's... right the pop people should have gotten a smaller umbrella that would have been much more realistically used as a sword <laughs> Dave, Dave, what are you doing? This won't go. Now let's shoot the garbage, Daisy. <laughs> I was just like, get his feet, get his feet. 
<laughs> Make sure you start low, pan up. That's how I want every shot. Come on, we're, we're wasting money here. Making a movie. <laughs> we're make. I hope every shot began with Lee Harry saying, "We're making a movie." Oh, lightning in a bottle. <laughs> do you think anybody? Do you think anybody ever turned to uh, uh, one of the other actors or crew members on the set and just kind of leaned over and was like, "Guys, I think we're nailing it." I, here's the thing. I think they all had to have been thinking that the line of thought process, mm. right? Because it's not like there's anybody that did their job well. <laughs> so they all had to have been, like, feeding each other's ego. Because <laughs> you did all look at that and be like, oh, man, we're fucking... Right, because you wouldn't continue. Just crushing it, blind leading the blind. <laughs> the, I gotta say, the best boy grip is on top of his game. I think some of those people might have just been like, "Fuck it, it's a paycheck." <laughs> yeah. Once you get da- once you go uh, down the food chain, it starts getting less less happy. <laughs> right? They're they're just like less focused on the art and more like whatever. How do you want to light this? You don't want to light this? Cool, whatever. I don't care. Fine. Keep it in yeah. daytime. Yay! <laughs> oh man, so that was Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. Um, a great film. You guys should watch it. Uh, well, you should check out the last, like, 40 minutes, I would say. And if you haven't seen... Watch the whole thing and make a drinking game out of it. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, I will... Or just watch it and, and drink, because that's what I did. <laughs> right. Or like, if you're like me and you haven't seen the first one in a couple years, it'll remind you of everything you saw from the first one. Well, that too. Yeah. That too. If you haven't seen the first one and you want to see both of them, just watch the second one. Because that's pretty much what... One and done. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. What Were They Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK. S-C-H-L-O-C-K for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. Oh man, all these wrestling news sites are terrible. What's the matter, young lad? Ah, Mother Superior! No, don't hit me! Uh, I I mean... I can't find a good wrestling news site. A good wrestling news site? What's what's so good about a good wrestling news site anyway? Well, I just need a place where I can get all the, the backstage news and rumors and scoop. All right. Don't hit me. I listen. left the orphanage a while ago. All right, listen, Billy's younger brother. I'm not going to hit you this time. Oh, thank you. But I will tell you about a great wrestling news site. Okay. It's, it's, it's not terrible like the last one, right? It's not terrible like the last one. It's called WrestlingNewsWorld.com. You can get all the latest wrestling news, spoilers, results, all the news from all over the wrestling world. That sounds great. No, yeah. it, yes, but you know what? what? It's not going to sound great if you still if you keep up with that mouth of yours. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, again, I left the orphanage a while ago. Uh, if you don't leave, I'm gonna tell my parents. I have legal precedent over 37 states. Get back here! Oh! Stop hitting me! <laughs> WrestlingNewsWorld.com What were they thinking? 
But uh, before we get into our uh, kind of wrapping up stuff here, uh, Jessica, thank you very much for uh, joining us on this episode. Oh, my absolute pleasure. It was a lot of fun and great to revisit a film I had not seen since I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how, long, how old were you when you watched this movie? Um, I would have been probably six, seven. Well, there you go, Nathan. I... Uh, there you go, Nathan. Someone else who, has, who started watching horror movies at a very young age. Kindred spirits. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing the uh, the the video for this, uh, the case for it on the local Quick Mart or whatever, and um, never ever seeing the first one anywhere's. Hmm. They had Silent Night, Deadly Night two. They had number three when it came out. Four, and they never ever had part one on the shelf there. <laughs> Probably because like somebody forgot to return it, and it was back in the time when they're just like, "Fuck it, I've been charged. I'm keeping it." Well, that's a possibility. Uh, not saying I've ever done that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, well, actually, before we uh, let's let's do our uh, let's do a wrap up here. Uh, Jessica, Nathan, and I like to uh, to wrap everything up into uh, seventeen neat little syllables. Um, it's our uh, low haiku. Low haiku. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Nathan, if you are ready, I'll let you uh, begin. Okay. <clears throat> Silent night. Deadly night. Two. Ricky was worse than Billy was. Silent night. Deadly night. Two. <laughs> <laughs> wow, just like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not a whole lot. Of, it's, it's mostly new footage, but not all of it. It's almost 50-50. It is dangerously close to 50-50. <laughs> Which, actually... It's more like heavy on the silent night, and then part two is a whisper. It's like, silent <laughs> night, part two. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I have a question. Maybe, Jessica, you can answer this for us. Um, how much... Do you know how much of a film needs to be original footage? <laughs> I don't think there's any technicality so long as you have the legal permission to use the footage from the first film and so long as the contracts of those involved with the first film says that the person who's signing over the rights has those rights okay um i think like in theory the whole thing is supposed to be but there's no like law or anything around it that's how they got away with it with gamera super monster <laughs> well i and like i think i maybe it's like a per like a person person by person basis because i think the producer of this movie at first was like, or one of the producers or something was uh, going to almost, it was almost rejected when it was done because it was too much used footage. So I, I, maybe that was just their personal restriction. Oh, I'm sure they were like, dude, the entire first 40 fucking minutes is our film. (laughs) And their reaction, Lee Lee Harvey was probably like, yeah. And I've made a, you you signed the contracts. I've made a film. (laughs) I did it. Me. (laughs) Before those people saw that, they had to have given them the copies of the film, right? Because it's not like today where you can rip anything. Back in 87, somebody had to give you the hard drives. They gave it to them, and then they're like, oh my god, why did you use all... You gave it to them! <laughs> Wait, did they say Did they say watch this for inspiration or copy most of this? I forget. Copy it most, just about every bit of it. Reduce, <laughs> reduce, recycle. That's right. They were, Maybe the filmmakers were just very green. Um... They're very green. In one, in more ways than one. <laughs> yes. All right. I'll uh, I'll get I'll do my little uh, low haiku here. 
Silent Night Part 2. I've already seen this flick. I am done now, thanks. Concise and to the point. Yep. That's how I felt. Um, now, Jessica, do you have uh, anything you'd like to promote? Now, I know you are currently <laughs> currently an actress. That's what I was going to say. Wow. Um, you're an actress, and I know you have many projects on the go. So is there anything you are working on right now or that's coming out soon? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mania is going to be announcing distribution in the new year. It's my fucked up lesbian love story. Uh, also a movie where the women don't like to wear bras. Who knew? Nice. Uh, then, right. Uh, also, on top of that, Song of Solomon is doing festivals. So it's American guinea pig film. Lots of gore. Really fun. I play the lead in that. Uh, then I've also got an ending, Lilith and Kill the PA in post. So look for those in the near future. Awesome. And and to get updates on all that stuff, they can just follow you on Twitter? Yeah. Twitter, it's at Jessica Cameron underscore. Facebook, it's just look for me. Instagram is actress Jessica Cameron. I'm, I'm all over those places. All over the social okay. media. Jessica, don't don't ever take it to heart if we ever feature one of your films on our podcast. <laughs> I never will. Totally okay. Fine. Okay. Okay. We 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 tell we tell everyone we have a, a two sections uh, for for this show. Sometimes it's movies like Silent Night Part Two, which are just abhorrent, and then sometimes there are movies that we just uh, straight up love, like uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, for example. Oh, of course. And here's the reality of the matter is, the most important thing is that you talk about films. Films die when nobody cares. So there you go. Talking about them one way or the other. Uh, without being mean, I think there's some people who are, you know what I mean? Like, I've heard some people like, well, this uh, jackass and you're calling names. But, like, that's not really reviewing. You're just insulting people. Yeah, we're not overly snarky, but uh, we're just uh, a little bitey. I don't <laughs> mind snarky if it's relation to the film. I think if you're, like, using it to... I once read an article that was tearing Kevin Smith apart. And it presented itself as a Tusk review. And I was like, you've not even mentioned the movie. You've just talked about all the things you hate about Kevin Smith. Yeah. Again, that's fine. Hate on Kevin Smith. But just say, this is why I hate Kevin Smith. That's the title of the article. Uh, it's like, it's like, and like, we, we've said a few things about the guy on here before. But it's like when people do uh, reviews of my, even like Michael Bay movies. <laughs> most of it is taking pot shots at Michael Bay. But his movies are not great, but still. Correct. <laughs> Correct, but yeah, no, don't worry, no offense taken. I, I have a movie potpourri that, I, like, even the director will join you in poking fun at it. Sweet, Elliot Devaney. Uh, it's great. Uh, I like to play the game where you take a shot every time the one character's mustache glue is exposed. <laughs> See, there you go, folks. Uh, what were they thinking? Is now Jessica Cameron approved? Right, very much so. We're getting that stamp in the mail, so it can be notarized, right? Yeah, we'll pick it up from our from our post officer. Okay. Right. <laughs> Post officer ten. Oh boy. Well, this was a lot of fun. Um. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, next. Well, not next week. This would be uh, January. G- Hold on a second, Brendan. What? Now, should our listeners take our word for it that this is not a, that this is a good movie <laughs> or a bad movie? I am all over the place. They should not take our word for it. Don't take our word for it. Don't take our word for it. <laughs> No, there, but there's only five reviews to, that, you know, give us a consensus here. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Jessica, this is the part where we usually uh, go through some of the Rotten Tomatoes uh, reviews. Um, it is all rotten. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has a zero. Awesome. For it's also really hard to find. I don't know if you know that, but it's not easy to find. I worried about that when I told you what the movie was. I was like, oh, will she even be able to get the copy of that? 
I have LA friends who have every movie ever made. Like, oh, that's awesome. Copy and original packaging, VHS, DVD, and Blu ray. Um, I also think it's actually, no, it's not on YouTube in its entirety for some reason. That's surprising. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes, let's do this. What do you got? All right. Well, um, I've got one here. Um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna start with this, um, one word. <laughs> I see it. Uh, Stefan Biriger Stephenson. I think that's a made up name. Um, inane. I thought it said insane at first, but then I reread and it was like, nope, that's inane. Inane. Yep. Um, this one is interesting. Well, that's, this is from Scott Weinberg. Uh, he says, not as good as the original, and that one kind of stunk too. I will take umbrage with that. I enjoyed the first one. Yeah, we we did kind of cover that in the uh, the opening. Yeah, Carol though. Yeah. Um, Slant Magazine, Eric Henderson, though Part 2 isn't much more dignified than its predecessor, at the very least, its isolated pleasures have a culminating effect. What the hell does that mean? Uh, it means... It means that he likes the garbage, Daisy. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, I think it means Eric got a thesaurus for Christmas that year. Oh, wait a second, guys. Eric wrote that review? Henderson? Are you sure that's not Eric Freeman with a pseudonym? <laughs> did he get a job for slant magazine this guy does he, his eyebrows are not out of control enough for to be ricky i mean yeah he could have used a fake picture <laughs> that's a, very true saying. um I'll, I'll read this last one here uh from jason bailey at flavor wire <clears throat> everything feels like a first take the dullest moments are padded out to their maximum duration and even the kills are markedly lacking in effects and to go along with that, Tim Brayton, this is the last, absolute last review. It's hard to be prepared for how much of a nothing this movie is. <laughs> Again, if the... F- I think that's I think that's a bit much, though, because the garbage day scene was pretty great. I, and, like, I'd say, like, if the first... Again, if the first 40, 50 minutes were as crazy as the last 40 minutes, it would have been a lot of fun to watch the whole thing. As terrible as it would have been. They possibly ever have done that because they could only steal 40 minutes from one movie. They didn't have a second movie to steal another 40 minutes from. I, no, but I mean, like, if the if the beginning, the plot plot wise was a bit different. Or something That's what really like Lee Harvey's strength is, I think, as an auteur. It's just like <laughs> oh, scenes from other people's films. We're just throwing around the word auteur here. <laughs> uh, uh. I might be the only person who used that in reference to. <laughs> Unless someone was like, a notour is something that is not Lee Harry. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, they would have to know who Lee Harry is. So yeah, you're unless they're first. using unless they're using the the the, the French pronunciation, they're saying outre, <laughs> as in somebody else than other than Lee Harvey. <laughs> outre, outre. <laughs> um so yeah i guess we'll just uh shoot some plugs here so you can follow us obviously on twitter at wwtt podcast uh instagram as well same thing uh facebook what were they thinking you can listen to us on itunes podbean google play stitcher and our main episodes are on youtube mm-hmm. uh, Oof, you can also check out uh montrose monkington the third tv on uh, youtube or montrose monkington the third esquire and friends on facebook and follow him at montrose the Montrose third, the number three RD on Twitter. Uh, check out his new Christmas special just dropped. Um, and uh, thank you. More later. <laughs> and so now we come to the point where, well, before actually uh, we get your 
clue for our next movie. Um, mm-hmm. Did it, did anybody have anything to add to the movie before we move on? Anything we didn't say? I think we said okay everything that needed to be said. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, again, I just want I want to thank you very much, uh, Jessica, for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Keep me posted when it's published, and I'll share it. And hopefully, I'll come on again sometime. Okay. Maybe I'll get you a copy of Poopery. <laughs> Definitely, for sure. Um, now, Nathan, what are we? Uh, what are we dealing with in the first uh, week? Okay, hold on. I'm gonna get the date here because I'm always really prepared. Super prepared. Super prepared, yeah. and I know exactly super, what the date super is. Prepared. And okay, mm-hmm. so it'll be the 11th of January. Will be our next full uh, movie episode. Of course, next week we will have a mini episode, but then that'll we're, we're taking a week off after that. So what'll be the first thing, January 11th, what is your clue? Well, uh, my clue is a musical clue. Okay. So, are you ready for I this? I am. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> is that <it>? Okay. <laughs> Good luck, folks. <laughs> um... All right, well, you want to cap us off with a question? Well, yeah, I've, uh, I guess, yeah, I got a question. I mean, I mean, mean, with a movie that is supposed to be a new film or a sequel, and they just, they just directly lift the first 40 minutes of the movie from the previous movie, not in, not in even like a uh, previously on Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, in a movie where, you know, apparently, inmates are are given the lighters and the you, know, you freedom to strangle um uh, court ordered doctors with uh real to real tape which i don't think has enough tension resistance to actually strangle anybody um and also a movie that's supposed to take place at christmas time where everything is beautiful and balmy and very california-esque though it's supposed to be in utah and in a movie where there is an aryan danny zuko i just i really need to know brandon what were they thinking? Hi, I'm Ellen, and I'm scared we exist in the Matrix. I'm Jaslyn, and I'm bad at ad-libbing. <laughs> and you're listening to... High, High Expectations. Expectations! The promo. For our international listeners, you can appreciate our cute New Zealand accents. For our local listeners, you might bump into us in the street three times in the same hour. Our podcast is about... Pop culture, sexuality, relationships, interesting hobbies, banter, and ragging on each other. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, or anywhere you might like to find podcasts. Yay! Please subscribe. Goodbye! Hey, do you like movies? Hey, do you like podcasts? If you do, then come on down and listen to the Home Video Hustle podcast, homie. Hustle, hustle. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I pick a bunch of movies at random. Sometimes there's a theme to it, sometimes not. PJ picks the movie out, and guess what? We watch it on Friday. We talk about it for about maybe an hour, hour and a half, whatever we feel like doing. Might give you something good to watch, baby. Come on down every Friday. So come get your hustle on with Home Video Hustle. You can find the show on any podcatcher app, or you can come down to homevideohustle.popbean.com. All of them in one place for you. So you can go ahead and binge it like it's Netflix. We ain't the Defenders. Uh, but I like to think we a little bit better than that. <laughs> come out at your boys, man. Come chill with us. Peace. Peace. It's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby.
We love good movies. We love the bad ones too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh yeah. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one last plot, holes are gratuitous It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy. At eilfm.podbean.com. Hi, I'm Phil. Oh, did, did someone just did someone just sign off of AOL? I'm Paul. I really don't have a lot on this. Oh my god, this is this is rolling off the rails real quick. And I'm Dennis. I, I am so guys. mixed up today. Just don't even listen to me anymore. And together we are. Voltron. Well, no, not Voltron. We are Useless Debates in Pop Culture, a weekly... Or we at least try to be. ...podcast that allows you to pick the winner. <laughs> ding, ding. ding. By no means the a lamp. The internet lamp. strikes again. Yeah, for sure. We will debate anything. So if you want to hear debates on such useless topics as best Val Kilmer role... Tombstone, Tombstone, or best movie soundtrack... American Graffiti, or the most successful former boy band member... JT. Then tune into our show. Your podcast is so well-named. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, Podbean, and Google Play. And our website, uselessdebate.com. All right, there we go. Thank God. <laughs> Hi, I'm Noelle Heil, the host and creator of Heil on Life, the podcast where I talk one-on-one with people who inspire me. My guests come from all walks of life different jobs and careers, and they all have different motivations that have helped them throughout their lives. I find their stories fascinating and hope that you will too. To learn more, find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, Tumblr, and Libsyn. And remember, we may have similar stories, but our journeys are all our own. Our own.